podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. All right, Boneheads, we got a great show for you. But before we do that, we have to pay the bills real quick. You know them. You love them. My bookie. Use promo code BOYS for your deposit bonus. Start gambling all football season long. You can even do preseason NFL, baseball, and the Premier League is back if you're a soccer head like us. Also, SeatGeek, the number one ticket provider on the moon and earth. The only place that operates on both of those galactic places. Use promo code ACAA for $20 off your first purchase. And guess what? If you've already used that, just create a new email address and you can do it again. ACAA, $20 off. Now let's get into the show. Let's do it. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Little down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Ooh, Bosco's boys. Come on, boys. Well, we're sitting in Veneer Football Complex with the king of the castle, Mr. Gene Taylor. <laughs> He's back for his second appearance on Bosco's Boys Podcast, which means the tradition will remain. We've got some, uh, <laughs> we've got some recurring guest koozies, and they're loaded up with some tall boy Bud Lights. Welcome well, to the show, Gene. Well, that's a great way to start. Uh, I'm a little surprised it's you know it's taking me this long to get a second uh, turn on Bosco Boys. Now, those will look good later tonight as opposed to uh, 10 o'clock or whatever time of the right, morning we're right. sitting here. But a nice uh, nice uh, coolie cups, by uh, the way. Oh, yeah. we uh, That's what we've been giving, giving out for recurring guests. And, uh, you know, if Kenny wouldn't have put us at 10 a.m., I would have made sure they were cold and we might have been able to drink it, do a beer of the pod like we like to do. But uh, Kenny probably saw through my ploy and he made sure we were in the morning. So uh, you enjoy those later and, uh, you know, you can show those off to Coach Climb and he only has one appearance so if he sees that he might try to get on a he'll little definitely he'll definitely see uh, see see those for sure we'll have a new rendition well, thank of you too, with the new logo yeah so. huh. yeah okay gene was commenting how much he liked the uh, new bosco's boys logo that featured the dog i still don't think we're going to be able to bring him back quite yet but the movement is gaining a little bit more uh momentum <laughs> from the last time we were here we, you guys just keep dreaming that dream. <laughs> hey, we, we've gotten in your office twice, so I think our, our, our dreaming's going pretty good. But we will we will kick it off. Uh, it was an eventful year since we last talked. Uh, you know, big events. Coach Kleiman was hired. The retirement of Bill Snyder. The men's basketball getting their second Big 12 championship for Bruce. And those three seniors, they got that, which I thought was a perfect, you know, book into their career. How much fun was this last year, and especially how special was it to get Bruce his second Big 12 title and that trio of Dean, Cam, and Barry going out as winners? You know, it was it was a lot of fun when you think about, uh, and I kind of go back just to that senior night and the win over Oklahoma and, and, and watching them really share that experience with the fan base and the confetti and how much joy. You know, they put a lot of hard work in. They you know, came in as I think pretty unheralded freshman and, and really threw a lot of um, question marks on, on whether, you know, Bruce was a, the kind of coach we needed here. You know, they, they certainly pr- helped prove that with the Elite Eight run the year before. 
you know, battling through injuries and just to, to be able to be crowned a, a Big 12 champion is, is, as we know, very, very difficult. So I just hearken back to that night when the confetti was falling and how much, uh, you know, it was tough to, you know, for Dean not to finish out in a healthy way and, and, and certainly not to get a, play, a good chance to play in the tournament. But uh, what a great run those seniors had. And, you know, we hope we can keep it rolling, that's for sure. So of all those big events that happened, nothing quite – dominated the message boards and you know the social media landscape like the the coaching search do you have your you know finger on the pulse of those things or you know <laughs> what is that like from your perspective you know you, you I, I do I mean it's it's hard to really ignore that um, but I also take it somewhat with a grain of salt but I also listen to it because you know our fan base is extremely important as you know uh, there's a lot of strong opinions out there about a lot of things, and that's okay. I mean, that's, that shows the passion of our fan base. But at the end of the day, you just kind of work through it, and you've got folks that we are lucky to have here from an administrative perspective that helped us with the search. Obviously, Jill Shields and Kenny Lanou were, were big helps in that. And you just trust your staff, and you trust the folks that you work with, and you try to understand the program, what's important to the program. And if you stay focused on that, uh, at the end of the day, that's why you make the decision you make is really what's most important for the program. And But you do pay attention to it, and, and you can't ignore it. And that's a great thing about this business sometimes that it's, um, you know, there's uh, so much publicity about it. it. You know, you don't, you know, it's got its own section, and, you know, sports has its own section, and there's so many sport, so much sports out there from the social media, from the regular media, um, and the fan base have a chance to share their thoughts, and I have no problem with that sometimes, but you got to kind of put it aside and do what's best uh, with, at the time. And we, I'm very excited about Coach Climate, no question. I can't imagine, like, from your perspective, what it must be like having to actual, actually do a major hire because, I mean, from my perspective, I was spending 10 hours a day <laughs> on different screens trying to figure out what's going on. So I you mean, don't it, get a lot of sleep, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's for sure. And, and you, you know, you do these hopefully rarely uh, in my career. Now I've done uh, a couple of basketball searches. Uh, when I was at North Dakota State, I did eight football, really two football searches. And obviously now I've done, done a football search here, which I knew was going to happen at some point, right? Sometimes you don't really know that. Sometimes it happens, you know, suddenly – and you're not necessarily prepared for it. Obviously, with us, we knew Coach was going to retire at some point, and cer certainly I figured within you know my first five years that would be the case. Um, so you kind of I started preparing for it really when I took the job from a mental perspective that the kind of you know stress and pressure and and the amount of you know focus that was going to have. But yeah, you don't get a lot of sleep. You spend a lot of time looking at candidates and talking <laughs> to people and. Uh, reading about candidates, but I also started that. I started that process really when I got here, and you know, everybody talks about the the list that the ads have in their drawer, and we certainly have one, maybe not written down, but in the back of our heads. And you know, you're watching coaches all the time, and you're listening for assistance, and you're just kind of learning about people because you just never know. And whether it's um, a Bill Snyder that you knew was going to retire at some point, or a coach that all of a sudden picks up and leaves for another job, you better be prepared. Well, I hope I've learned from the last one because the next major hire I may be chain smoking through that one <laughs> I, I was a mess I mean I was obsessed well the interesting thing I just I love the reaction of the fan base once we made the hire and you know I, I remember looking at my emails and the first you know you always get the most recent email then when I got down towards the bottom of those emails and I think I mentioned it before 
there was a lot of folks that weren't happy about the hire, though. They, I haven't read. I other forgets a few of them said, "Please ignore my earlier email," and <laughs> then I would scroll down to their earlier email. I'm like, okay, yeah, he was that person was really mad. <laughs> But, uh, you know, Kenny and his crew and, and Joni, they did a tremendous job really kind of turning the tide with uh, with Coach Kleiman. It was, it, was a, a, it was a pretty phenomenal social reaction in a 24-hour period. It went from uh, not very excited to really excited. See, you could probably – you need to start your own podcast because yeah. that's exactly where we are going for next <laughs> is that 24 hours. So I'm going to pull a little bit of an audible from it. So you touch on how the – swing went from one way to the other what was your perspective like leading up to that because there were tons of rumors about different names that maybe immediately might have been uh you know better received so how were you taking that uh you know what what the talk was on social media knowing that hey maybe not everything being reported is 100 percent accurate were you kind of chuckling of oh man they think this might be a done deal and oh hey maybe it was going to be neil brown but now it's this so how was that from your end no, being the source versus seeing how things were going on social media well as you know we were going through the process um it was really we were just kind of tracking it in from a wow how'd that get out there and you know we were really surprised that some of the stuff that was out there that was inaccurate some of it was pretty accurate in terms of you know some of the folks we were talking to but at the end of the day you know it just really came down to you know a couple of candidates that everybody felt were could have both been you know really really good coaches for us but as it unfolded uh you know that I knew kind of going in that there was, if it was going to be Chris, that there was going to be some negative reaction to it. And you, just because you knew there was, as you said, there was a lot of people out there that wanted other candidates and the popularity of those candidates, you know, as they began to, you know, be, you know, going to the, you know, the D coordinator at Clemson. And that was kind of the number one guy everybody wanted, which, you know, he fell off pretty quickly because we knew he probably wasn't going to leave, but, you know, as you saw the popularity just from the social media, Chris's name wasn't one of the top ones. Um, and, but so when we got down to the final few candidates, we kind of talked internally, hey, are we prepared and what are we going to do? Well, little did I know, Kenny and the staff had really been kind of preparing that for a while, that they had a candidate A, a popular candidate, and a candidate B, a not-so-popular candidate, and then how they were going to approach each one of those once we made the decision. And and they certainly had a plan that was executed uh, flawlessly, in my opinion. That's why Kenny's best in the biz back there. <laughs> Shout out to Kenny lurking in the back, as always. So the Making sure I don't say something stupid. So. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's why eventually we need to get you without without yeah. Kenny. You know, at about five o'clock or four fifty. You know, yeah. make sure those are colder and lock Kenny <laughs> out of the room. There you go. There you go. So the decision was made. Coach Kleinman was hired, and, you know, we're inching closer to the season every day. From your seat, you know, how do you perceive the buy-in and the excitement for this football season, and do you believe that that's translating to ticket sales? You know, it's uh, – I, I think the excitement's uh, at a very high level. Um, you know, as we've gone around, and Coach has been great about getting around to various um, events, whether it was a catbacker tour as we did the, you know, the four-state tour when we first got here – you know, the reaction that I've seen, you know, about him and people that want to, you know, get a chance to meet him and those that have met him, even, you know, folks, whether it's a personal one-on-one -on -one with some of our donors or, or in the group settings, 
I get a sense of a lot of excitement about Coach Kleiman. Now there's still a lot of unknown about the you know the you know what kind of you know offenses are going to run, what kind of defenses are going to run. But you know we're inching closer to a, a sellout for the first game, which is would be awesome for him and his team to come out in the new era. Um, you know, ticket sales are going well. And, and so, yeah, I, I get a sense of excitement, but I also get a sense of we're not sure what kind of team we're going to see. And I think a part of that is, you know, based on, you know, uh, maybe coming off with five and seven year last year, but also knowing we're, we're thin in, in a lot of positions as well. So Well, I feel like there's a lot of polarization in any fan base with a new hire. So once football games start being played, that's going to pretty much – People are going to be either here or there, but we're, once we start winning games, you know, I got a, you know, pretty easy philosophy for Coach Kleiman: don't screw up this love affair by losing football games. So <laughs> there you, know. you go. So besides winning games, is there anything else that you're looking to implement to add to the great fan experience at Bill Snyder Family Stadium this season? You know, there are, um, and and I don't have the list in front of me. Um, again, our, our fan experience group and marketing promotions group and everybody really put together a lot of new things this year, whether it's in in stadium venue stuff with some upgraded concessions. Uh, some opportunities in some of our areas that we do sell alcohol in, you know, expanded opportunities there. We're going to have, you know, some entertainment for the kids inside the stadium for some games uh, for kids. We're going to have some shuttle service on both the east and west side for our fans that, you know, are parking a little further out. Um, so a lot of stuff we're going to, you know, in terms of music and intro, I don't know what those are going to be, but there's certainly those are going to be changed. You're going to see some of that. So, yeah, I think we're, you know, they're working very hard to kind of come up with the, you know, we need to keep doing everything we can from a fan experience. You, there's stories across the country of attendances down and, you know, season ticket sales are down. And it's, you know, it's, in, it's not just here, it's across the country and programs that you anticipate they're always going to sell out. I saw an article the other day, I think we were, uh, last year's, we were one of the top teams in, on a regular, you know, in terms of attendance, like 95% or whatever that was. And that's good for a K-State, but we have to keep working really hard to make sure we continue that because fans are finding it easier and easier to stay home, watch it on their big screen, watch other games, and we need to make sure they keep coming to the games because without the atmosphere, you know, it, 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 they help us be successful. So I think you knew I eventually would have gone on this route of question asking. So we are now only one of three universities not doing any sort of general beer sales. Um, what type of decision making or what sort of thought process when this off season about not expanding it and how much of the trade off versus revenue versus there are, is that fan as fans at K State that's probably unique to any other Big Twelve fan base with the parking situation. How did you weigh those two factors, and what's the ongoing you know thought process around that? Well, yeah, I'm actually shocked that you did ask the <laughs> question. No, um, but I, I think we're a little more than three. I think you said I, if we're well, only TCU just added it this so, week. Oh, yeah, so oh, on the Big Twelve. Yes, yes, oh, I'm yes, sorry. Yes, okay, gotcha, gotcha. My apologies. Yeah, no, that's fine. Um, yeah, I mean there was a lot of it, and and part of it was uh, just timing in terms of uh, you know from concessionaires standpoint just physically being able to do it was one of the issues uh, our concessionaire you know we're not our concession stands aren't you know don't have lines to sell out in terms of beer lines right so physically where would do we have the capacity to manage beer sales and they weren't prepared necessarily to put that in place this year 
Uh, so, but they are looking at that. Is uh, okay if we decide how would we do it? What's the cost of that? Uh, and then the biggest thing for us was really just uh, that fan experience. And when I talk about the alcohol, whether it's been on my Ask the AD segments or in interviews, um, my inbox gets filled pretty quickly from people that do not want us to go to public alcohol sales. And there's a couple reasons for that. Some, just the fan experience. They've been at places that haven't had a positive experience from, from alcohol sales. I'm not going to name the places, but they, they mentioned two or three places that they've been to watch other games, and that's not an atmosphere that they support. The other side of that is the people that I've mentioned that we would have to go either with, uh, you know, if we went to alcohol sales, we would probably we would have to cut off the exit and reentry policy. So many people really like that. And they question, why can't we do both? Well, you can't do both because one of the reasons you do go to alcohol sales is revenue and your concessionaire doesn't want your revenue walking out to the parking lot. So uh, there, there's really not a overwhelming majority one way or the other. Now, we haven't done a full survey, which I mentioned we would probably need to do. I think, didn't you do the yeah. survey? <laughs> yeah, I, my, my very unofficial Twitter poll, yeah, it, it was, you know, but uh, like how 60, did it end up? Well, sixty percent of people of the three hundred that voted attend more than four games and won it without the reentry. Right, and then seventeen percent more don't attend more than four, also won it. And then it came down to I think eighteen percent don't want it. But right. different demographic on my Twitter followers than you know all of K State season tickets. There's holders. yeah, there's probably a little difference, but anyway. Um, so it's yeah, I mean I think it's, but we will need to do that. We want to we want to. Because I kind of go back to my earlier point, our fans are so important to us across the across the segment, and there are a bunch of different segments. And you know, I noticed that Texas Tech, you know, generated I think in basketball a couple hundred thousand, maybe half a million, whatever, which is a lot of money. But I also know that their fan base in football, from what I understand, isn't too excited about the fact. So I think we have to be really cautious about. It. Now, the one thing we I haven't even had the conversation with yet is across campus because. Uh, you know, I, we need to make sure that our campus folks are, are comfortable with it. We, we are a university that has, you know, four or 5,000 students that come to the game. How do we manage that? You know, we have police and security that certainly will take an interest and weigh in on it. So once we get to the point to say, okay, well, let's really take a serious look at it, there's a lot of steps we still have to go through, which right now we, we just haven't, you know, now we are we obviously sell it in baseball and we sell it in, 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 in soccer, but again, those crowds are much different than a 50,000 football crowd. So we're going to continue to look at it, monitor what's going around the country, but our fan base will certainly have a, a s opportunity for input. And then just one follow-up on that. While we do have the beer garden up at the Goss Tailgate Terrace, has there been any looking into any other parts of the stadium to add something similar that is kind of, hey, you can come and have a beer here and then go back to your seat? Yeah, we have looked at it. We haven't really found that place yet. Um, you know, as we continue to look at our facility enhancements, whether it's the, you know, the south end zone upgrades or any of the other places, you know, we might consider those. But again, it'll all be part of, you know, how does it fit? Does it make sense physically? What's the cost to do it? So we'll look at those places. But, yeah, we've talked about other locations as potentials. And you've, like, perfectly segued into several questions. So regarding the master plan, <laughs> you sort of informally announced, you know, there's going to be a south end zone project as well as a Legends Room remodel. When do you think there's going to be a formal announcement of that? And have you, like, identified projects that will follow? 
Well, yeah, we've, you know, I've talked about the south end zone because, uh, you know, I think that's probably been the one thing that, you know, that doesn't mean that's going to be the first one out of the gate. Um, we certainly are at a place with now that what we did, what we did was we announced the master plan is we took the master plan to a lot of our top donors. We, we asked them to give us their, their opinion about it. Is it something, you know, where would their interest lie? And their interest, the south end zone was certainly an area that there, it, there's a high interest in from a couple of reasons. One, it, it, it touches both Bramlage and, and obviously they, you know, we feel it kind of finishes off Bill Snyder Family Stadium. Uh, there would be a lot of enhancements potentially with, you know, new scoreboards and sound systems. And then, of course, the enhancements to Bramley's that are a part of that. But there's also a lot of other interest in the volleyball and the and the Olympic Sport Training Center. There's some interest in the in the track and upgrading the indoor track. There's some interest, obviously, in the indoor football facility. So there's a lot of interest in the entire projects. Um, you know, some that didn't quite get as much interest. You know, as the tennis and, and some of those other areas. But we hope we're at a point after we continue to talk to some donors that we'll have something put out there later this fall in terms of what the direction is what is going to be the first project out of the gate and then kind of what our number is that we're shooting for uh, in terms of a fundraising number so on that facility master plan something that there isn't as much excitement about and i'm biased against this what i perceive as a small portion of the fan base but a lot of folks are not as keen of putting money into Bramlage. There's still a segment of the fan base that longs for a brand new basketball <laughs> arena that is, you know, the whole field house type thing. So right. uh, I, I just, you know, I see so many folks tweeting and posting message boards. So I wanted to, because I'm lucky enough to bring it straight to you. What went into the decision making to say, Hey, no, we want to remodel Bramlage, not go for a new facility and the misconception is, oh, if you're going to put $80 million into Bramlage, that can build a new arena. Well, I assume that is not the case. <laughs> I, not I hope you can put an end to that yeah. rumor. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, there's a couple of things. One, it's a tremendous structure, and there's a lot of really good things about the building. I know people – but, you know, to spend $80 million would be one thing to build a brand-new building of either ten or 12000 with all the bells and whistles, you're probably talking 250 in today's world, maybe $300 million. Uh, so that's really the big reason, but the, it is such a great structure um, that, that we just felt that we can go in. And in today's world, architects can come in and they can turn old buildings into some really, really much better from a fan experience perspective, from a flow perspective, from a seating capacity. They can do a lot of really neat things today's world in, in taking old venues. And our venue, really, if you comparatively speaking, you know, you look what they did at Northwestern with their basketball facility. Uh, obviously, I know at SMU, they did a lot of upgrades to the SMU facility. I was there, you know, years ago, and that that's an old facility. So architects can come in and do great things, and we think they can do that with Bramlage at a, a cost much less than building a new facility. All right, we're going to wrap up with some lighter questions that we've been asking our guests as of late. Um, Are the they appropriate? or uh, We'll see. Okay, all right. We'll see how you do. Kenny's, <laughs> Kenny's in the back. If we have to hit pause and start cutting some things. All right. We can. Um, this is the only question that Coach Kleiman kind of refused to answer. Um, if you were going to sing karaoke at midfield in front of a sold-out Bill Snyder Family Stadium, 
You have to. There's no getting out of it. You can't coach climbing us here. Okay. Um, this is to save the world. You Aliens have one, will zap us if you don't. You have one song. So what's, 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 the, what's the song that you feel most comfortable, like, I'm not going to miss a word in this song? It's, it's a David Allen Coe song, and it's um, You Don't Have to Call Me Darling. All right. He had it so in his the pocket. the only time I've ever been possibly seen, seen singing karaoke, that's the only song I'll ever sing. Well, that's perfect. I'm glad. I'm glad you played with us. So this is one we debuted with uh, Bruce Weber. We asked Coach Kleiman. Both of them answered very quickly, and it's become a fan favorite question. Are you a boxers or briefs man? Wow, that's kind of personal. <laughs> hey, the other two answered. Your two coaches answered. So I think you can. <laughs> I'm a boxer guy. Okay. All right. And then we've also asked each time, what color are you wearing today? <laughs> I have no idea. They're usually multicolor. I mean, they're you know. Probably some sort of plaid. Plaid, yeah, some sort of plaid. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is one I'm actually very interested in your answer. Um, we've heard from pretty much everyone, and maybe even you in another scenario, but you're, you're anti-black jerseys, black helmets. What? Why is that? Well, it's a couple of reasons. I've, I've seen schools whose colors have really no black in them, go to an all-black you know, uniform in one way, shape, or another, and it just, you don't even notice who they are. And when you're, you know, for me, obviously I came to North, from North Dakota State, you really need to make sure your brand is out there. And I'll never forget, I was sitting there watching my alma mater play a football game on television, came home from one of our games, and I think I might have been in Iowa, and my son and I were sitting there, and I said, who's on? And he said, Dad, that's your alma mater. I said, there's no way. And they, they had, there was no hint of any color that looked like Arizona State. And I'm thinking, why would you do that when your brand is so important to you? And I think with us, you know, there is really no black in anything we do. Now, can we do hints of it? Yeah. And can you do some alternate possibly? You know, the only team that gets away with it, if you think about it, is Oregon with all their multi-uniforms, but they've set that brand up. That's People expect that with Oregon. When other schools have done it, they've moved so far away from what their brand is and what their color scheme is. Now they've kind of gone, wait a minute, uh-oh. Baylor just did it. Baylor said, let's get back to, you know, in Arizona State, the AD there said, no, no, we're going to go back to maroon and gold. We're, you know, so I think you have to be really careful. And, and I worry that the black is, is, is certainly, uh, if you have a color, if you're Maryland, knock it out of the park with it. But if you're, uh, your colors are purple and white, you need, to, you need to be very, very careful with that. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I think you answered that well, and uh, I think everyone should accept that. So one of the greatest questions we asked you last time were, in your first year, what was the funniest <laughs> thing anyone tweeted to you? Uh, so it's been a year. So in year, I think I told you two, that one too, didn't I? Oh yeah, you yeah. did. You did. And uh, we actually did some investigative work and found out who tweeted that to you, and that made it even funnier for me. I thought it was hilarious when I did that investigative work. Yeah, it was um, like ten percent of me was like, was that on purpose? Like, it was like a either a Godfather move or. Uh, like just a coincidence. Yeah, for those of you who are confused, go back and listen to the very first time we had Gene Taylor on 
the tweet he's referencing came from our very own Grant. I mean, I immediately knew. I was like, <laughs> I was just like, oh my god. I I didn't know that. I didn't. That's know funny. That. I did not know that. Okay, well that that makes it a little less baller. I thought. I thought. Okay, so knew. it was the accident. Okay. Well, yeah, that was actually this guy. Right I here. swear, I did not know that when I said that. Oh my that. god. Well, that that makes it. That that's still funny. I'm glad I brought that up. I hope up. that uh, we can come back. <laughs> yeah, you're now good. that you know you're that. Good. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> so so, do, is there anything? Was there one of those blockbuster tweets that happened in year two that has now well, become it an inside joke? It wasn't a tweet. It it was one of those emails I mentioned to you um, mm-hmm. that I got in the bottom 200 that <laughs> weren't real too pleased with the decision, and I I, I should have printed it out. Uh, because I would have read it to make, you know, my, if I'm having a stressful day, I would reread that. And it was the guy that MF me (laughs) multiple times said that I was the dumbest SOB in the world. You stupid MFer. I'm going to buy a moving truck. I'm going to pull it up in front of your house. I'm going to pack everything in your house and move you out of this town because you have no you have no right to be the athletic director after that stupid MFN decision. <laughs> and I mean, there were so many of them and I'm like, wow, this guy is really mad at me. But the fact that he was going to invest in a moving truck and drive it to my house and pull my, I'm like, okay, this guy really isn't happy with me right now. Did he uh, send a follow up, uh, ignore my first I don't tweet? remember if he did or not. And I, I, I think he might've, I don't think he signed his real, I don't remember what his email address was, but it was, it was pretty funny. I should have printed it out, but I didn't, unfortunately. Well, that's amazing. I, I personally, though, if I'm gonna use the MF, and we have the explicit tag, but I'm, I'm not gonna use that word in here. I think it loses its, you know, effectiveness if you use it more than once in one email, though. Yeah, there was multiple uh, references to that particular word. <laughs> that's amazing. Well, that pretty much wraps it up. So, as always, we let our guests have the final word to address our listeners, the Boneheads, or any other K-State fans that are listening with whatever you'd like to say. So you've got the floor. Wow, that's pretty big. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm just really looking forward to the year. Um, obviously, with, you know, kind of a lot of unknowns this year uh, with, with the new football staff, uh, you know, Coach Weber and his, his crew, you know, we've got a lot of new faces, got a lot of returning faces. I'm excited about, you know, our, some of our, you know, we, we haven't talked about Pete Hughes and, and, and what he's done with the baseball program. And obviously Coach Mitty, I think, has got a, a great team coming back. And then, you know, Susie, even though she's going to be young uh, as a volleyball program, uh, they've got some really, really talented players. And, you know, so there's I think there's a lot of excitement going into the year. There's a lot of unknowns, and that's always makes as an AD a little nervous. But – uh, and I think we've got some potential real exciting announcements coming up here early fall about the where we're headed with facilities. So I'd say stay tuned. Um, we'll continue to look at the alcohol and conversation about that, and we will seek our fans' input, you know, from a more uh, formal uh, perspective and, and see where we're going to go with that. But uh, just appreciate you guys' passion. I really do. I, I can't. You know, even sometimes when I make bonehead decisions, you know, you guys are really great about uh, – keeping me in check and i appreciate that very much well we love you gene we're uh very happy that we had this opportunity kenny's off mic we love you too kenny uh, it's all the boneheads you know be sure to tweet at gene what your thoughts on beer sales are and by the way these will be the first two that i have tonight after i cool them down <laughs> hey, a little bit that, that's perfect i can't wait for you to do that and uh maybe you know, i'll even tweet a picture of it out too. hey that would be amazing you, you go ahead and do that and I'm, I'm sure it'll be one of the best received tweets you've had 
in a while. So, All right. <laughs> well, th- thanks again for coming on, uh, Kenny. Thanks for helping out with us and Boneheads. Uh, keep riding. We're three a week now uh, that we're in August, and uh, this is a fun time to be a Wildcat. So be sure to tune in and subscribe to ESPN Plus. Absolutely. Meet me at the Cathead. Thanks. Well, it was all that I could do to keep from crying. Sometimes it seems so useless to remain. But you don't have to call me darling, darling. You never even call me by my name. You don't have. Call me Waylon Jennings And you don't have to call me Charlie Price And you don't have to call me Merle Haggard anymore Even though you're on my fighting side In your phone book And I've seen it On signs where I played But the only time I know I'll hear David Allen A friend of mine named Steve Goodman wrote that song, and he told me it was the perfect country and western song. I wrote him back a letter, and I told him it was not the perfect country and western song because he hadn't said anything at all about mama, or trains, or trucks, or prisons, or getting drunk. Well, he sat down and wrote another verse to the song, and he sent it to me, and After reading it, I realized that my friend had written the perfect country and western song.
and I felt obliged to include it on this album. The last verse goes like this here. Well, I was drunk the day my mom got out of prison. And I went to pick her up in the rain. But before I could get to the station in the pickup truck, she got robbed over by a damned old train. Network.